listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You just found the very best in original talk radio broadcasting on the Internet. It's L.A. Talk Radio. We say what we want. What we want. You're listening to On the Couch, On the Couch, with Dr. Michelle on LA Talk Radio. You are on the couch with Dr. Michelle on LA Talk Radio. And if you're a regular listener, you know that I am a licensed psychologist and relationship specialist. My goal basically is to help you create and keep healthy relationships and help you with other issues that affect those relationships as well. So nice to have you with me. And today I'm talking about sexual addiction with my special guests, authors, Haldrum and George Collins. And as always... I and my guests will answer your questions if you would like to call in during uh, the show here live, 323-203-0815. That's 323-203-0815. And you can also instantly email me if you have a question. A lot of folks don't want to uh, go on the air live. They want to put their voices through an email. So that's cool. You can do that. And it's docmichelle at aol.com, D-O-C, Michelle with two L's, at aol.com. And here we go. Folks, you know headlines are constantly revealing the infidelities of once happy celebrity couples. I mean, constantly. We're always reading the gossip magazines or going online and finding out who's cheating on who. You know, who parted ways due to, quote, sex addiction. Most notably, of course, Tiger Woods, Arnold, Schwarzenegger, Jesse James, those guys. You know who I'm talking about. Well, my special guests today, Paldrum and George Collins, have written a book entitled A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. And what it is, it's a step-by-step plan to rebuild trust and restore intimacy. And I'm all for that, boy. We haven't had a book like this out ever that I've read to help people with this. So, Paldrum, George, welcome to the show. So nice to have you live on the air with me today. Thanks for having us. Hi, Dr. Michelle. Hey. How are you guys? Hey. How are you guys doing? We're having a great day. We got great weather up here in Northern California, and I hope you do too. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely Friday here, and uh, you know, I, you guys, this is a, a really good book. I I want to thank you so much for putting it out there and, you know, treating this subject so seriously, and also tongue in cheek a lot of times, but also really helping people step by step work through and understand what's going on with sexual addiction. But I've got to say that a lot of women out there just say that men use the excuse of having a sexual addiction, right? To, to justify, well, they're just dogs. You know, they want to fool around and that's all they want to do, especially high profile men. You know, like we, of course, Tiger Woods, you know, he's going to go to a rehab so you say there really is such a thing as sexual addiction, and how do you guys define it? Well, I'd probably be the best person to answer that since I'm a former sex addict. So uh, what I noticed about myself and through the 25 years I've been doing this uh, professionally mm-hmm. is it just gets out of control, and you start to notice it, that you stay in denial, mm-hmm. and you start to lose your friendships, You notice that it's encroaching on your work time and work thinking. Mm. You may suffer some financial uh, backsliding because you're actually spending money on uh, prostitutes or uh, strip clubs or massage parlors. Mm. A whole lot of ways. Well, you know, you also lose interest in your primary partner and your, whether you're gay or straight, but you lose interest in that person because the truth is that what I really do here and what Paulum really does is to teach people intimacy. That would be intimacy. 
-hmm. and right. trying to get people to understand that, uh, you know, when, when I was in uh, grade school and high school, everybody, all the guys were talking about TNA. Right. And that's what they talked about. Right. They didn't talk about how sweet Joan was. They didn't right. talk about how kind, uh, you know, Susie was. They were talking about her body parts. And that's, I bought it. Yeah. That's the way it still Millions is. Millions of other people bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, what's so what's interesting so to me, George, is that you, uh, of course, uh, are master's level. You're a counselor. You're director of Compulsion Solutions. And yeah. uh, uh, Paldrum, uh, your wife, used to be a Buddhist nun. And this yeah. is fascinating because you guys work together. You co-authored the book together. How did you guys come about meeting each other? How, how does that work? Well, that was a that that was an odd circumstance, wasn't it? And of course, this was after I I wasn't a nun anymore, and, and we uh, I met him at a workshop, and uh, we started you know we just you know said hello and started chatting, and he told me what he did for a living, and I like to tell the story, which is not far from the truth, that I wanted to run out of the room screaming, or at least stand there and stick my fingers in my ears and say la la la, because I didn't want to hear anything about about sexual addiction, but uh, George being the wonderful kind. And charming, charming. Yeah. charming. He's, he's going to be charming. Charming. That is man that he in. is. Yeah, I, um, you know, we did continue to, to speak, and I really started to understand um, the nature of, of what was going on. And, you know, over time, he, he brought me in and had me start working with the wives because of how we could, how we had worked out working together and working with, um, with you know, the, the nature of his, his addiction, the nature of how that works inside of him. So, We've really been able to, you know, put together some steps of how couples can actually work, even if this is a part of the, the relationship problem. That is really cool that you guys came together and had an understanding. Um, what are some of the signs of sexual addiction? I know there are a lot of women who listen to my show out there, and there are always women who are over paranoid, worried about, oh, you know, the women at the office or someone might cheat on me or, you know, there's always women out there flirt, flirting, you know, and what what are some of the signs that define usually men who are sexual addicts? Well, that's, that's a really great question. And, and I mean, the, the thing to keep in mind is that just because a guy wants to have a lot of sex doesn't mean that he's a sex addict. Mm -hmm. What goes on with with an addiction, and really with any addiction, is you can't stop it, even though you know it's in your best interest to stop it. And generally, shame is present. And like George likes to say, you can't get enough of what won't satisfy you. Uh -huh. So the um, the whatever it is, the, the substance, the activity gets co-opted, basically, and you it starts being used as a bomb or an escape or a distraction rather than being enjoyed for what it does offer. Uh -huh. So. Well, that's, that's kind of the bottom line. So the signs, I mean, you know, we can talk about the signs, but keep in mind that these signs are only um, pointers. They don't necess wouldn't necessarily create a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. The diagnosis really has to come from inside the guy himself when he looks at what his true motivations are. You know, so that's, that's important. But the signs for women to look for is maybe your guy is spending a lot of private time on his computer right. or his phone or at work. In other words, he's doing he's doing something and you don't know what it is. Um, his demeanor might change. You might notice that he starts to become secretive or private, mm -hmm. those kind of things. He's not as social as he used to be. Uh, you might experience, for example, a lack of connection or of intimacy. And you're, you might see that your guy just isn't available to you like he used to be. He's avoiding you. He seems tuned out, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, the, another thing is that your sexual interactions might change because, you know, if he's been looking at porn, for example, on the Internet, right. he might start to get some ideas that he didn't have before. Uh -huh. that, you know, that You know, sex, oh, sex looks like this. So um, he, he might, the other thing is, so he might change what he wants. He might be, or he might be unresponsive, completely unresponsive, uh -huh. because he's gone off into, into porn land. Um, and, could be, and he just develops a, a preference for masturbation. Mm -hmm. Another sign, just a sign, could be that money might become an issue if he's spending money that he doesn't want to tell you about on porn or prostitutes or other, other illicit stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there might be a, a, unexplained expenses. 
And, you know, lastly, you know, you might know that he's being sexually unfaithful. You might, you might literally know that he's doing that. Now, just because he's, he's being unfaithful, that doesn't necessarily mean he has a sexual addiction, uh-huh. but it could mean. And um, if, he, if he says he wants to stop and, and he can't, then that's a real clear sign that he has some kind of an issue with sex addiction. Uh-huh. So, Paul Drum, this is like any other addiction, alcohol, drugs, right? It's, it's very well, difficult to stop. You're sort of almost numbing yourself in well, a way. Yeah, that, that's exactly the key to it is mm-hmm. because, you know, with any addiction, there's, there's something in place that you just can't deal with, and so you go off on another avenue. The, the problem is, is that avenue never really touches the real problem. Right. And so, you know, we're, we're back to that. You can't get enough of what won't satisfy you. Yes. And the, and the notion of uh, the notion of having an orgasm. I mean, you don't have an orgasm when you smoke a cigarette or, or drink uh, drink a beer or mm-hmm. two or three, uh, or or eat, overeat. Right. But uh, uh, you know, I call it euphoric recall. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think anybody ever had a bad orgasm. So so my guys are addicted to orgasms, and they equate that with intimacy. Yes. Some people, some men, believe it or not, and I was included in it fall in love with the pictures and fall in love with the strippers. And even though there's no intimacy, right? They, there have been men that have said, I had intimacy with my wife last night. I said, well, what was it? He says, well, I had sex with her. And I said, my friend, we got to talk because that's just sex. It's not intimacy. Right. So a lot of what we do is teaching people how to be close and intimate and loving and open. And uh, that's what Paulum taught me. So that is so interesting. Work well with them. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you guys work beautifully together. And by the way, in case you just tuned in here to LA Talk Radio, you're on the couch with Dr. Michelle and my special guests today, Paldrum and George Collins. They are the authors of A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. It's a step-by-step plan to rebuild trust and restore intimacy. What I like about this book, too, is it includes case studies and exercises to repair relationships. And you guys say... For good, which I don't think there's been a book written like this, actually. To, let's take care of this. You know, let's find out what's going on within each of you. And there's so much psychology in here, which I really appreciate it as well. So, um, George, you were talking about intimacy, trying to find intimacy. Now, I was thrown off a little bit because aren't women seeking intimacy usually more than men? This is what is interesting to me. Definitely, men, uh, women are. It's just that, that men don't have a clue as to what it is. Aha. What we're doing here is actually teaching men intimacy. And, and of course, Baldwin is supporting the partner uh, because women, you know, the women that come here are wounded too. Sure. They, they, it could be 10 years that they've been putting up with this stuff and wow. look, turning uh, turning their head and looking the other way. and. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's time. It's time for them to show up, too. And when we have couples that graduate, quote, unquote, from us, uh, the, it's amazing the difference. They never, they were, it's completely different than anything that they ever knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we have very happy people that be, be done with addiction and done with uh, uh, ups, major upsets. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding intimacy is the, is the, is the, to the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, when you when we go into relationship, we bring everything that we that we have ever learned or seen about love and relationship, both consciously and unconsciously. We bring those things with us into the relationship. So when there is any kind of a problem, all those things come into play. And, right. And yeah, got it. <laughs> no, that's so interesting. It's true. And I want to also mention uh, listeners out there uh, that uh, Paldrum. Uh, helps couples work through their sexually addicted relationships. Uh, at, it's called Compulsion Solutions. It's an outpatient counseling service. So if you would like more information about the services, uh, you can reach them at compulsionsolutions.com. And we'll be uh, listing that, of course, in the archives that you can uh, check out tomorrow. You can download the show, of course, replay, whatever you'd like to do. And if you missed uh, much of the show today or you miss it, completely you're just uh, getting into this and you have something else to do of course you can download it and replay it tomorrow so i also encourage listeners to call if you'd like 323-203-0815 or of course if you prefer 
uh, a little more anonymity and you would like to email me your questions at docmichelle, D-O-C Michelle with two L's at AOL.com. Feel free to do so. I'd love to hear from you. So uh, you guys talk about uh, level one sex addictions in your book primarily. What does that mean? Level one is the stuff where you're almost not going to get in in uh, in trouble with the police. That would be uh, masturbation, heavy masturbation, uh, viewing porn, visiting chat rooms, mm-hmm. uh, the prostitute. That's the edgy part, and then uh, compulsive brief or long-term affairs or relationships. These are things where that's level one, where you're not getting into terrible trouble with the law or, or, or really distorting yourself. It's uh, not a happy place, but Mm-mm. a lot of people are doing it. George, I was curious, and you sure don't have to answer this if you're uncomfortable with it. Did you ever have issues with the law when you had, um, you know, your sexual compulsions and your addictions going on? No, no, no. I was uh, a sort of a wimpy, sort of a wimpy sex addict. I was really, I'm, I'm not pleased to say I was a terrible sex addict. I mean, I wasn't even good at it. The only thing I was good at was masturbating to porn, and the porn that I used, I stopped 25 years ago, so thank God, before the Internet and, and, and uh, you know, the crack cocaine of Internet hit. Oh, yeah, that's so right. For, for me, for me, I started because my, my mother uh, incested me, and my father beat me into submission on a regular basis, and, uh, and so, uh, so, so my, you know, psychologically, it's sure. very, you don't even have to have a degree to understand why I turned to porn, because real women uh, were overwhelming to me, oh, and wow. as a boy, and having your mother incest you, oh. and, and do, do stuff like that, um, the actual being around or smelling or being around real live women was, was overwhelming to me. Until I woke up, until I got good counseling, and until I understood. And now, I, I porn, porn is a joke. Yeah. I mean, it's a joke. Yes. You know, I, I should probably mention here, too, that I have a book out called Breaking the Cycle for Men, and it's a, it's a, uh, it's a real down-and-dirty kind of a book. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, not as nice and, and, uh, and uh, psychologically savvy as, as our couple's book. Because it's meant for guys that are really in there doing hard, miserable stuff. Yes. Level one and two stuff, and uh, and so uh, any 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 of the women that are listening or any of the men that are listening, those are good companion books, and they're sure. both available at uh, Barnes and Noble as well. Mine is number one bestseller on Amazon right now. So. Oh, that's wonderful. It's called Breaking the Cycle: Free Yourself from Sex Addiction, Porn Obsession, and Shame. By the way, right? In case you're right. interested, folks. So, so any of the women that are listening, you know, get the couple's guide for yourself, and mm-hmm. get your guy to work that with you, and mm-hmm. then get him the get him the uh, the, the uh, men's book and. Uh, and uh, get them to call us up. I, I should probably also mention that we welcome people calling uh, just to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even have to leave your name. We're really interested. Uh, we don't do this just for money because I suffered from this problem. And uh, my job in life is to help people stop. And so anybody that wants to call anonymously, and uh, I'll give everybody 15 minutes or one of my people will. And, uh, you know, we'll get you going in the right direction. might be with us. It might be to a local 12-step group. It might be to uh, a, 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 some kind of therapist in your area, but uh, we're here to help. We're here to help you change people's lives. George, thank you so much for being so candid about that. I, I really appreciate you sharing that, uh, too. It's not easy to just put it out there and, and share your horrifying experiences, you know, growing is, up as a child. It is now that it's over. Yes. Well, you're right. I guess that's right. And. You know, sometimes they say that you can't really write about it or help people unless you've experienced it. And you are a uh, Ph.D. in that, <laughs> in experience, dealing with those uh, situations. So thank you so much for, for that information. Um, we just received an email uh, from someone. Is that okay if I ask you guys the question on the air here? Yes. Great. All right. This is from uh, Jennifer. And uh, she says, Dear Paldrum and George, can you help me out? I found out that my husband was secretly online for a year looking at porn. And he also told me that he visited some massage parlors. And in parentheses, she has the ones with the happy endings. 
<laughs> I found yeah. I found these things out by going onto his history online and finding out uh, that there were receipts from massage parlors apparently uh, from his credit card. So what am I to do? I am shocked and hurt. How can I handle this? Well, the best way to handle it is to take a stand. Uh, I don't know the particulars, whether mm -hmm. she has children or, her, or their financial circumstances. But the important thing is that she has to, the only, one of the big ways to break this is for the wife to say, you're going to have to do something about this and to have serious consequences. So if she has a mother or, or, or someone that she knows that lives nearby that she could live with, if she had to, mm -hmm. say to her, her husband, uh, this is very serious. I'm not going to live like this because it's a progressive disorder and it will not go away just because, we, just because I found this out. And that is the truth. Mm -hmm. It won't go away. You can't get enough of what won't satisfy you. <laughs> and so uh, what I would tell tell her is to uh, take a stand on this thing and to have him call us or both of them call us on the phone and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to both of them okay. and just to give him an idea of what he can do besides that but the important thing is that she's got to break uh, she's got to he has to break the cycle uh, of his addiction and the way to break it the easiest way is to, for the partner to say not going to go on anymore you uh, you stop. You talk. You call George, or, and I'll call Fulgham, and we'll we'll get this squared away, and they'll help us uh, get go, get going in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, this is the phone call, the email, the message that we get all the time. So, thank you, Jennifer, for asking this question. Yeah. Because I mean, and we what we talk about it in the book that there is this bottom line that the partner who's acting out uh, who's acting out has to have the desire and the willingness to stop acting out. If that's not in place, then you don't have anything to work with. So the, we wrote the book entirely for, pe for couples where that commitment is in place. And it's, so what she has to do, as George said, is she has to take a stand because otherwise, you know, it's like you have an elephant in the middle of the living room right. and the elephant's bashing around causing a lot of destruction. Mm, that's so true. Jennifer, thank you so much for emailing us. I'm um, sorry you're dealing with this right now, but uh, this probably will be the solution for you. And by the way, if you would like to contact Pauldrum and uh, George, compulsionsolutions.com. Just go online and uh, you can contact them there and say you were the lady who wrote uh, the first question here on LA Talk Radio. And um, then you can get some help. Pick up the book, by the way, uh, as well, A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. It is very psychologically oriented but a very comfortable read and uh, explains what's going on very openly and and you'll understand more about your man and what he's doing what he's striving for trying to achieve it's not that he's a dog or a bad guy there are certain things that happen to us early in life such as George or we're also addictive be you know behaviorally oriented so sometimes things just get caught up and we buy into it as you said or earlier George as well so all right. Yeah, we get caught in a trap sometimes. We don't know. We can't find our way out. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you'd like to email me here again, Doc Michelle, D-O-C Michelle with two L's at AOL.com, or you can call in live, 323-203-0815. Most people prefer to email, so we'll keep going here. Now, Paul Dern and George, you say that the first step in building intimacy with your partner is understanding your part in what is happening in the relationship. So why is this so important? And uh, you also suggest questions that men should ask themselves about what they've been doing. Well, uh, both partners have, a, have, have some part in this situation. Mm -hmm. uh, if the intimacy has not been established, and you know, 95% of the people that, in, the, in the country don't really, really understand intimacy because it's not really well role modeled, uh, but uh, what, has to, what has to happen is that people have to really understand intimacy, and they have to ask themselves uh, the question, uh, what do I want, who am I, and have to be ready to make a change. Right. Yeah, and start to, to get in touch, and we do outline those questions. It's a whole long list, and that's, all, that's in the book, and they're probably too long to go into uh, right now. But... The, the basic, the fundamental of all of those question is, questions is to ask yourself, 
how did I get here in this place? What's driving this? What, what's, what's really going on? And to get very, very curious about how, how you are, get yourself into these difficult positions. What, what did I bring from the past mm. into the present that's, that's causing me to, to feel and act in the way that I'm, that I'm feeling and acting right now? Right. And the woman doesn't have to be a victim to her husband or to this disease, and the man doesn't have to be a victim on uh, a slave to sex, mm-hmm. because word of God, anyone that's listening, it is really good on the other side. I do not miss my dirty pictures. Uh-huh. I do not miss my videos. I do not miss any of that stuff. I've got a wonderful relationship with a real live person, and I I get it. Yeah. And, and you can get it too. Whoever's listening can get it, and uh, the women don't have to have this in their life. And the good news is that you can literally take this bad problem, this horrible problem, and use it to to explode um, your relationship in a way that, that where you, on the other side, bring so much more closeness and intimacy mm-hmm. that you never knew about, that you never even knew existed. Yeah, one of the things I like to teach uh, when I talk to my, my guys is that if you could harness the addictive energy that you have in looking at these pictures and doing all this stuff you're doing, mm-hmm. and you could harness that and turn it to your good, you could, you could probably be a senator from your state. You could <laughs> you start your own business. It really resonates with men uh, because they understand uh, that they've been taking hours and days and months and years of their life uh, thinking about the things that are, are useless and hopeless. Yeah, that's right. And we have so many, I mean, it's just story after story of, of couples who have come in and uh, literally the guy has turned his life around and become incredibly successful. So that's, um, there is the potential, even though it's, it's a horrible thing to have to face, you know, who wants to face this, such a thing? But, but it really is possible to use the horrible thing to, to get something really great. Mm, that's so true. Well, listen, folks, if you just tuned in here to L.A. Talk Radio, you're on the couch with Dr. Michelle and my special guest today, Paldrum Collins, and, of course, her husband, George Collins. Um, Paldrum, by the way, is a previously Buddhist nun, and she is married, of course, to George. He's the co-author and recovering sex addict of the book we're talking about today, A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. It is a step-by-step book, and it helps you rebuild trust, restore intimacy. There's case studies, which are very interesting as well. You can compare your situation with other people and hopefully repair your relationship for good. It's an excellent book, guys. Why is it so important for a man to come clean with his partner? You talk about that. You know, disclose a lot of his sexual compulsions and activities. I I think a lot of women would completely go the other way who were not ready to hear this. Well, I'm going to let George speak about this a little bit, but let me just say that the reason it's important for the guy to uh, to really tell the truth is, one, that's how he begins to reestablish trust in the relationship. But number two, what we've found is if he doesn't tell, the what what the woman tends to do is she knows that there's these missing pieces, and she's going to fill those blanks in mm-hmm. with stuff that's probably way worse than what the guy really did. Hmm. So. So what we tell the guy is you're better off, even though it's going to be painful in the, in the beginning, to really tell the truth. And, and his, the partner is not going to like it. There's going to be a bad reaction. But it's better to do it in the beginning than for her to find out more little pieces later on because the trust has already been shattered. And if it, if it drags on, that just further deteriorates the, the uh, nature of trust. So... Fess up, fess up in the beginning, to, uh, tell your partner as much as she wants to know. Mm-hmm. If she, you know, there's no reason to go into the dirty, nasty details unless she really feels like she needs to hear those. Mm. But probably not. And yes. George can speak about that a little more clearly. Mm-hmm. And you're only as sick as your secrets. Uh, you know, the Catholic Church has has uh, a, a thing where you go and, con- and do confession. Yes. And, and they have a, that's for a reason because if you hold that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torture. It's horrible. Sure. I, told, I was talking to Paldrum last night, and I said, you know, uh, in, in thinking about this, I, I, most men would take a bullet for their wife. They'd step in front of her. Somebody right. shot, shot at her with a gun. So why won't you tell her the truth? Right. <laughs> in, 
you know, if you take a bullet for her, then tell the truth. And get it over with, get it done, and it's not a big deal. The worst thing that I get from women, uh, and the problem here is, is that he keeps lying. Mm-hmm. It, it, the lying is worse than that sex act. Right. Yeah. Right. It's because it, it, it destroys the basic foundation of, of trust and intimacy. So, you know, I mean, it's all it's kind of like, you know, the, the kid who gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar and says, no, 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 I'm not eating, eating the cookies. That's kind of the the protective impulse that comes when you get caught doing something that, that you know you shouldn't be doing. So you have to, the guy really has to override that impulse of protecting himself. Sure. And that there's a huge benefit to, to showing up and telling the truth, that the benefit is this, the starting of, of building a new level of intimacy in the, in the relationship. Uh-huh. Yeah, remember when uh, Bill Clinton said on the air, I did not have sex with that woman? Right. We all just started laughing. Right. We, and, and we lost confidence in him. Sure. I mean, you know, there are many people that adored him. He was a charismatic figure. Yeah. But after he said that and, and stuck with it to this day, um, we all have a little, mis- you know, I, 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 we're not having him to dinner Friday night. Let me yeah, put it like that. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well said, George. Something that I tell a lot of women clients who come to me, because they're hurt and they're feeling uh, low self-esteem from their husband being honest with them about their sexual addictions, is his acting out has nothing to do with you. And I think this is one of the most important statements that you make in your book. You say, it has nothing to do with your sexuality, your desirability, or your value as a human. Uh, It is his inappropriate way of dealing with issues and feelings that he has not previously known how to endure. And this is the most difficult thing, I think, for women to get. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, you know, I think part of that is the the way that we as women uh, sexualize and objectify ourselves. So Mm -hmm. we, we... somehow start to believe or and you know we've learned it that um our importance as a woman as a our value has to do with our desirability and but the truth is is you know we talked about before that you bring everything from your past into your relationship and if a guy has an issue has a weakness Mm -hmm. uh, uh, around how he's going to relate sexually he's bringing that with him to the relationship Mm -hmm. and what's what what we hear over and over again is the guy sitting here saying, "Oh, you know, he's I I, I love my wife. I want this relationship." Sure. He just literally doesn't know how to walk from point A to point B, and you know he 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 veers over into point A point one. You know he just veers away, not following the straight path from his love into the intimacy, and that doesn't have anything to do with the partner. So mm-hmm. you know how do you? I mean, I think all we can do is just say it over and over again. Right. That his choice about how he deals with his irritations, with his stimulations, those are his. They're not yours. They don't have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told her when I first met her, she was she was just an amazing woman, and I was able to tell her and work with her because, you know, I must have masturbated to porn. Well, I, I like to, I don't know if it's kidding or not, but 681,232 times. And had sex with real live women, I don't know, a couple of thousand times. Uh-huh. And and so which is gonna be gripping, which is gonna be more more you know, the schema, which is gonna hook up more? And of mm-hmm. course it's the porn. And right. in the porn pictures you're never gonna see, you know, unless you're really uh, strange, uh, pictures of little old ladies. So uh, <laughs> seeing these gorgeous airbrushed young poor right. wrecked women who are probably on drugs. Right. Uh, naked, and and so Baldwin was thoughtful and kind enough to guide me into real life. You know, like it's wonderful to be with a real live woman and right. in real time, mm. and her body the way it is. Yeah, it doesn't have to look like a 19-year-old airbrushed kid. That's yeah, I, that's right. I don't look like a porn star, and I'm never. You know, I didn't when I met him, and I'm never going to look like a porn star when I when I take my clothes off. And for me to really have confidence in uh, my form and love for my form as it is, then that radiates through the skin. It radiates out. And that's, you know, it's like, how did I get that? I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it had to do with uh, learning how, you know, sitting as a Buddhist nun and really learning how 
to trust what is deeper than than just the skin. So, but that's the the potential in that for us as women to mm-hmm. show up and really love ourselves yes. for the beauty that we are, and not try not try to be a porn star, because what what is true is that the guy may have some uh, hookup, you know, in his right. mind with the visual, and, and he is visual. I mean, th- there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But by the confidence that I brought to the relationship and, and being able to say, hey, you know, here I am in, in all my beauty, that's a, that was attractive. And that really helped George transfer the the connection he had to the porn images over to me, this live, loving flesh and blood, mm-hmm. you know, everything that I am, being who's standing here intimately connecting with him. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what the, what in the end, what you get to see is that's so much better than the empty fantasy life of porn or, or even prostitutes, any of that. And that's what Paulden brings to her clients mm-hmm. is, the, you know, her ability to, to get this across to them that you, and I don't know how she does it, it's just a miracle. You are beautiful. You are beautiful just the way you are. And, and the women get that and, and uh, get it across their husband, and that helps them, just like it helped me. The porn goes away. The prostitutes mm-hmm. go away. Mm-hmm. And start saying, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Right, right. And I think you're right, Paul Drum. It did help to be a Buddhist nun, you know, to have your thought processes of allowing and trying to understand and love that which you are and let everything be without judgment a lot of times. And I, and I really understand that that is how you help uh, other women as well. Maybe a little more difficult in this society, especially because of the images we see of the way we are supposed to look like as uh-huh. women. And um, of course, it's all geared towards advertisement and money. It's enticing men to buy certain products. Yeah, it's making young women feel very insecure because they need to look like whoever. And it's it's very difficult to battle this sometimes with society's image of what we should be. So It is difficult. Yeah, and that's right. And we bring that with us as women into our relationships. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the place where we can begin to work, where we can begin to, uh, you know, tune into what's, what's closer inside, what's more still, what's more true into our own loving nature. So there's there's steps that we as women can take to actually support the the building of intimacy. Mm-hmm. How can we reestablish our trust with a man? And also, how can a man feel trustworthy for himself to his woman? Well, the man can be sober. <laughs> when the man is sober, new things happen. Amazing things happen. You know, I just got off the phone with a uh, you know, a, a big tycoon type guy from Silicon Valley mm-hmm. uh, who, who called and, and, and he had raised holy hell for the past uh, five or ten years uh, getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he called me and he said, you know, he says, I've got a ton of money, ton of money, literally a ton mm-hmm. of money. But he says, I couldn't have bought this. He said, I'm feeling so good today. I can go out. I can drive around. I can be by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know, the, I did have the, you know, occasionally have the thoughts. But, you know, I teach a, a process called first thought wrong, mm-hmm. where, you know, you catch yourself. Okay, right. your first thought's wrong, but your second thought doesn't have to be wrong, you know. Um, so he, he called and said that, uh, that he's awake now and that it feels really good to really be in the moment and to really know that, uh, that his needs are going to be taken care of intimately at home when mm-hmm. he gets home and he doesn't have to do anything um, outside, the, outside the marriage. Mm. So you're presenting sexual compulsion possibly uh, as, as as more, it's, it's sort of a daunting compulsion. It's an obsession you have to sort of take care of. And it's not that fun and comfortable. It It is it is uncomfortable and difficult. You can take it from me personally. Yes. Uh, most, of the, most of the sexually compulsive behavior is miserable. Mm. Uh, most of it is... is Spent in fear and shame and pain and right. self-doubt and judgment and criticism and anger. Um, that's that's how I uh, that's how I lived. And then I started to chase. You know, and, and depending upon what was going on in my life, I right. started some chase during the day. And maybe it was to find a uh, find a 
a video that would, would, would be my girlfriend for the night. Mm -hmm. And then I started to feel what I thought was better, but it was still torture. Mm. It was literally torture. And when sure. I get these guys to realize you're not having a good time, yeah. there's no good time. You're going to go out with your buddies to a strip club. That's not a, not really a good time. Think about it. You know, <laughs> drop down into the truth of who you are and really get uh, a good time is intimate, loving, connected uh, sex and, and just touching and holding. Uh, sex is, doesn't have as much to do with penetration as it has to do with connection. Yes. Yes, and I've said that a lot to couples, that's for sure. By the way, in case you just tuned in here on the couch with Dr. Michelle, my special guests today, Paul and uh, George Collins, they're authors of the latest book, A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. And you guys say that the common denominator among those couples who are able to build an even stronger and deeper relationship is to have undefended honesty. What do you mean by that? Well, undefended honesty basically means being willing, as George says, to show up and tell the truth. And, you know, for most of us, there's a there's an impulse, a, a natural impulse to want to protect ourselves, to want to stay away from the, the stuff that feels bad and get more of the stuff that feels good. So we have to learn how to override, uh, first recognize that that impulse is there, mm -hmm. and then be, be able to override it. And, you know, George just said it, you know, to, he, he talks about it as first thought wrong. Right. But, to, but to, there, there is that moment of the impulse, which is faster than clock time. It's faster. It comes in faster than our thinking mind. Right. So we have to really develop skills of being quiet just for a moment, you know, in a moment, just mm -hmm. to be a little more quiet so we can recognize the impulse for what it is. And then by doing that, we can show up and tell the truth. And when, when we say undefended, that means in that moment, recognizing that we're going to feel a defense about it, because when something comes up that feels bad, we, we don't want it. We don't like mm -hmm. it. We want to, want to get it away. But as we can develop our capacity to show up and really start to tell the truth, first to ourselves, about what we're experiencing, then we can tell, start to tell the truth to our partners about that. And in doing that, in that kind of revealing of ourselves with each other, that is where we start to really uh, intimately connect because, we, you know, it's like we've laid ourselves bare, and that's very, very um, attractive and, and bonding. Yes. You know, I tell uh, the story about coming home at night sometimes, and, and you can imagine some of the things I hear in the office during the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we work with people all over the country. We do a lot of telephone work. Well, actually, all over the world, but mostly this country in Canada. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of telephone uh, uh, telephone clients all over. Right. And and, and uh, when I get home at night, I'll, I'll often say to Paldrum, "You'll never guess what I was thinking today." And she looks at me and she says, "Should I be sitting down?" <laughs> and and it's a joke, but you know, it might come out that I I'll come out with some really the latest and greatest weird thing that's on right. the internet. I heard. Yes. Now, if I don't tell her that, that could gnaw at me a little bit. It mm -hmm. could bother me. I could wonder, well, you know, my addict is in there saying, gee, we never did that. Right. That right. really wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> what about, well, just try it, you know. Right. And, and, you know, if I go home and say, you'll never guess what I was thinking today, mm -hmm. um, I, I cancel that out. Mm -hmm. It's a big joke. Well, God bless you for being so honest and everything. A very important point in your book was about the ability to look at our own as well as our partner's patterns of survival from our upbringing and early experiences. And this is really important to me in helping people out. It's really important to identify these issues of trust and control and self-esteem. And, George, you shared your upbringing, uh, which really encompassed a lot of horrible experiences with us, with the whole millions of people listening right now. But... Um, why is it so important to help your partner understand some of the stuff that you've been through? Well, you know, that's that's where we were, you know, bringing that back to where we're talking about building intimacy because right. you do, you do bring your past with you into the present and some of your some of it you're conscious of and some of it you're not conscious of and our closest relationships are exactly the places where those unconscious issues of trust and control and self-esteem mm -hmm. start to come up. They get all triggered. Uh, you know, it's like the closer the tie, the more strong the response. 
So there it is, you know, kind of in our faces in our intimate relationships. And beca- but because it's there, that's the place that we can rebuild cooperatively mm-hmm. as loving witnesses to each other about those things that are coming up. And the way that we can hopefully not repeat the past is to uncover what those what those things are, what those issues are, acknowledge them, and embrace them. Mm-hmm. So we can embrace what happened in, in the past so it doesn't have to continue to impact our present. You know, I like to say that my guys come to me, uh, I ask the guys, do you do you watch soap operas? And most of the guys say, oh, no, I never watch soap I said, why not? <laughs> well, they're redundant and they're stupid and silly. And I said, well, i got bad news for you. Your life is a soap opera. Mm-hmm. And we have to rewrite your script. Mm-hmm. So literally, I have my guys, one of the, one of the, the, the uh, modalities I use uh, coming from psychosynthesis is, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, dialogue work. So I literally have them uh, dialogue and send it to me, the, mm-hmm. the addict, they're talking to their addict. So my job is to get them to take my job. And mm-hmm. I want them to interview their, their addict, and mm-hmm. I want them to show it to me. Mm-hmm. So what I say is, if, you, if I tell you something brilliant, that's good. But right. if you write it down, that's multiply that times four. Mm-hmm. If you have a nerve to send it to me, multiply that times four, because that then you're not having a secret anymore. Right. And if you're willing to listen to my feedback, multiply that whole thing times four. Sure. So eventually what we're trying to do is blow up this ridiculous story that, that this guy brings to me. Does that right. make sense? Yes, it does. And it makes them look at themselves and sort of laugh, possibly. I mean, you said sometimes, what am I doing? This is like a soap opera. This is crazy. Why do I think like oh, this? Must to have a soap opera, I can guarantee you. I've never yeah. had anybody tell me that they did. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, by becoming more honest and trustworthy and, and just laying it on the line and sharing our past and sharing our fears, I'm talking about men and women as well, but primarily the men who you talk to, George, you can get over the shame and blame cycle. It, it is. It's like a cycle. I've seen it, it with couples. It keeps on giving. Right. <laughs> doesn't need to. Doesn't need to go anywhere. I could, if a guy was ashamed all the time, I'd say, okay, your assignment this week is to talk to Shane. Mm-hmm. And before long, uh, it isn't a problem anymore because once you start to see it, once you actually witness it, once you start to work with it yourself, your shame, then it just blows up. There's nothing there. There's, right. There never was anything there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, shame comes up when you when you make the mistake of thinking that you're that you're unacceptable or bad, and that that's who you are as inherently that that's the core of who you are, rather than just that you've taken a bad action. Mm-hmm. So, because internally we've somehow taken it on that we are a mistake, and uh, when we're we're feeling that shame, which really does not feel good. It's really common for us to use blame as, as our tool, mm-hmm. right? We use the blame to try to get that bad thing away. It's like, I'm, I'm just like, it's like I'm going to throw it over there. Um, so if we can start to learn how to, to recognize that the mistake and that feeling of shame is going on inside of us, yes. then you can, then that's, that's how you start, really start to develop right. intimate communication. Sure. Because as as we start to own that and not you know do the do the uh, musical chairs game of who's gonna you know who's gonna win or the throwing it throwing it out at someone yes. else and see see what sticks mm-hmm. as as we be as we develop the capacity to recognize what feels bad and and internally just check sure. did, did I do that did I not do that what do I think about that and be able to bear the the feeling of that, to use it right. as a way to then decide to take a different road. Right, right. Well, then, guys, then, yes. we, then we can show up. That's, that's the show up and tell, help right. to show up and tell the truth. We say, well, this is what's going on for me. This is what I can cop to. Mm-hmm. That, that opens the door mm-hmm. for our partner yes. to really be able to see us in, in a more compassionate way. And as, you, as we bring compassion to ourselves, we bring compassion to our partner, we bring compassion to the relationship, and we really start to develop true mm-hmm. intimacy. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. Uh, my guest today is uh, 
Paldrum and uh, George Collins. They're authors of the book A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. It's a step-by-step plan to rebuild trust and restore intimacy. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. What a terrific book and great interview. Thank you so much. Um, We're, again, I'd like to like to welcome anyone that wants to call. We'll we'll talk to you. We'll we'll get you going in the right direction. We're always happy to to talk. You don't even have to give us your name, but uh, we're we're happy to help because uh, I, I suffered and uh, uh, sure. from this. I don't want others to have to continue. Yeah, we know it's it's not a it's not a fun place to be. It's sure not. And thank you so much for being there for everybody. And uh, if people would like to get a hold of you, they can uh, find you at CompulsionSolutions.com. Is that the best place, guys? That's the best place. The phone number is 925-932-0201. And if you leave a message, everything you say here will be held in strict confidence. That's right. And uh, if you want to email me at DocMichelle at AOL.com confidentially, I will go ahead and forward your information on to George and Paldrum. Thanks so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. And um, thanks, for you're doing. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing oh, in the world. My pleasure. my pleasure. Keep up the good work, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right. If you'd like to get a hold of the book again, it is available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. Just go online. Google it. A Couple's Guide to Sexual Addiction. Great book. Uh, this is Dr. Michelle. I've got to go. You can stay on the couch if you like. More great shows coming up with Dave. Dave, I call him. Uh, of course, uh, do take care of yourselves first. That's what I always say. Because uh, then you'll be great for other people, too. Have a good day, and I'll be back next week with more wonderful information to help you out on relationships. Bye-bye.